You are listening to Productivity on Purpose, Episode 2, Five Top Reasons Why Women Stay Stuck in Overwhelm. Listen, lady, you're capable, smart, and driven. Then why do you feel so overwhelmed? Hi, I'm Ruthie Parikh, mom of two, wife of one, best-selling author, and former perfectionist. Okay, current, but working on it. I'm here to show rockstar professionals who are doing it all that you can have an amazing career, relationships, and life by taking control of your focus, habits, and goals. Join me for simple and motivating ways to squash overwhelm and reconnect with what matters most. Welcome to Productivity on Purpose. Welcome, I'm Ruthie Parikh and so happy to have you here today. This is the first official Productivity on Purpose podcast outside of my welcome one and I am bursting at the seams. If you tuned into the welcome podcast, you heard a little bit about my story, what this podcast is all about and why hopefully you'll be sticking around for a while. I am on a mission to eradicate stress for women who are doing it all. So if you're juggling a career, kids, aging parents, volunteer work, maybe grandkids, a significant other, housework, meals, work stress, a never-ending email inbox, volunteer commitments and projects, church, temple, or other forms of spirituality, dress sizes, mama drama, oodles of laundry, multiples and multiples of work projects, and so much more, then girl, you have come to the right place. What I did not mention on the intro episode was that I started my business, which is called Life is Organized, as a professional home organizer. Actually, I started as a photo organizer, then moved to home organizing and realized even though I loved the organization side of things, I didn't love doing it for other people. In fact, I felt like they were leaning on me instead of learning from me. But what I really love to teach was that or I love to teach. I love to coach and train them. And that eventually evolved my business and what I do today, my expertise into productivity and time management. So I bring you experiences and expertise from both the organization side and the productivity side, which I believe both are so rooted in today's topic, the big O. Uh, not the good one, but overwhelm. So let's get to the root of the issues you might be having right now. If you're working your pants off, you're running around from morning till night, you're drowning in demands and distractions, and pretty much just trying to stay afloat, I'm going to bet you are deep in stress and feeling overwhelmed. Am I right? I'm going to go through in detail the top five reasons that you get stuck and you stay stuck in overwhelm. And what I want you to do is just see which one or maybe more than one resonates with you. Along the way, or maybe at the end of this episode, you might be thinking, that is so me. And what I want you to be thinking about is what can you do? What change can you get out of this stuckness? How do you improve your circumstances? And how do you really feel better at the end of each day? All right, sound good? I will tell you, I have personally experienced each and every one of these challenges. I guess I'll call them blocks. I've experienced all of these. I used to do them without realizing, but now I have more recognition. Doesn't mean I don't fall into these bad patterns, but I can pull myself out of them a little bit easier now. 
So the first step is having awareness so you can move past these blocks. All right, so number one. Number one reason you get and stay stuck in overwhelm is that you are a people pleaser. So chances are, if you are a people pleaser, you are also a very good and kind human being. You're an innate nurturer. You're a caretaker. You say yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Bob. Yes, 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 yes. You don't want to let anyone down. You love to give. You love to serve. And this is a beautiful thing. But in the process, as a result, all your yeses aren't necessarily giving you the joy that you expected from them. Instead, there's a lot of stress, anxiety, and then there's this feeling of guilt when you're not doing such a great job at one of your yeses because you have so many on your plate. For every yes you say, you say no to someone or something else. Yes to coaching the soccer team means no to making meals those nights. Yes to the director of events position means no to chair the charity you truly love. Yes to sponsoring the music gala means no to get the rest that you really need. Yes to taking on another project means no to watch a movie with the kids on a Friday night. Yes to the partnership means no to finally writing your book. Yes to another party means no to organize your home, right? Every time we say yes, we're saying some no to someone or something else. We live in this yes culture, right? It's expected that the person who's the go-getter, the person who says yes to everything, that they're the one that's going to get ahead, or they're the one that's going to be more liked, or they're the one that's going to become more successful. Meanwhile, it's the people, it's the women who learn to say no, or not right now, or this isn't a good time for me, or I'd love to help you in the future, but I've got too much on my plate right now. These are the women who have more meaningful relationships. These are the ones that have careers that really take off. So typically a woman who falls into this category, into the people pleaser category, knows who she is. You know that this is an issue for you right? That your inability to say no or your willingness to always say yes leaves you depleted. It leaves you low or stretched, overwhelmed, or just not as happy as you yearn to be. So is this you? Is it you? If it is, what will you get off your plate immediately? Like right now, what is the thing you know? It's like that low-hanging fruit. You're like, I know I should not be doing this. I know this is an easy thing. I can delete, delegate, say no to. What will that be? Also, what will you get off your plate in the long term? Maybe you're on a board or a committee that you're required to be on for another three or six months, maybe even nine months down the road, but you've already made that decision today that that's going to be the end of your term. And that alone is going to give you so much joy. It's going to take such a weight off your shoulders just simply coming to that decision. Or another thing to be thinking about is where will you spend more time thinking before you say yes in the future? Right? What situations do you find yourself in that you're always just immediately, your reaction is to say yes, but if you just had a few minutes to sit back, relax, and think it through, take a deep breath, and maybe say, can I get back to you on that? And then go home and look at all your priorities and all your commitments and then say, mm, it's really not a good time for me right now. Right? So where are one of those situations where you're going to spend more time thinking before saying yes in the future? All right, number two. Let's get to the number two reason why you get and stay stuck in overwhelm. And this one is a newsflash for you who might be listening. 
Number two, the reason is you are comfortable. What? What? What do you mean I'm comfortable? Yes, you love the chaos. Newsflash, you love it. You don't know it, but you do. You are so comfortable in the mess of it all because this is how you've come to operate. This is what you expect. This is what you know. And it's just like a nice pair of sweatpants or jeans. It is very nice and comfy. Trying a new system, training somebody new, doing things in a completely different way will get you out of your comfort zone. And that uncomfort is worse than staying comfortable in the overwhelm that you know and have come to just live that way. So this is something you may never have realized or recognized, but although you might complain or you feel down or you say you wish things were different or you had more time or you weren't so exhausted, you'd still rather hold yourself right where you are than to have to do something radically different or sometimes even minimally different, but it is different. And this reason surprises so many women because we like to believe we're always changing, we're growing, we're improving ourselves, when in fact, we can be our own worst enemy stuck in the comfort of chaos. So if this is resonating for you, ask yourself what it is that I'm sitting in, what kind of comfort, and what's a small step that I can take, just a small step to get out of my comfort zone. Because I can tell you, All the awesome happens outside of your comfort zone. Number three, third reason why you get and stay stuck in overwhelm is that you have stories in your head. This is another reason that can be surprising. So recognizing it is really important because this perspective leads to self-sabotaging behaviors. You literally have convinced yourself of a limiting belief or several limiting beliefs that keep you stuck in your overwhelming situation. Now, this is different than the comfort of chaos because the comfort of chaos is a little bit more fear-based. This belief, this approach is a story. This is a movie that you have played out in your head over and over and over as to why things can't be better or they can't be different or they can't be completely transformed. So let me give you a couple of examples. A client I coached, which was really unhappy in her job, and she wanted to make quite a dramatic career switch. However, even though it was a dramatic career switch, she really did have plenty of experience in this area from her previous career, like before kids, and in what she studied in college. And, you know, she did have a bunch of experience in it. And then post kids in her current role, she could bring a lot of that experience to the table too. So although it was a switch she was making, she really did have some amazing credentials, a lot of great experience, and she could be a really good fit for somewhere in that industry. However, she told me that she had been applying to jobs and that she couldn't switch roles even though she was so unhappy because companies were always looking for someone younger. She always, they just want somebody younger in this type of industry, in this type of role, you know, this type of company. Okay, now mind you, she's like in her mid-40s. She's not in her mid-80s, okay? So I'm like, all right, well, like how many jobs did you apply for? And how do you know this? And so she says, well, I applied for two. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. back up. You applied to how many? Two? Oh, well then of course, if you applied to two jobs in this field... And they said, no, well, then of course, no other company in the world is going to say yes to you, right? No, of course not. But the thing is, it didn't matter if she applied to two 
or 20 or 40 jobs. She had already played, had the story in her head. She'd already played the movie. She already had this belief in her head that she needed to be younger to be in that industry or that her experience would not be well-suited or she just had these stories that was holding her back and holding her in the angst and the anxiety of this sucky job and holding her back from moving forward. I had my own story when I had to hire an assistant for my team. When my company was growing and I just was so bogged down in like the details, not being the CEO of my company at all, just doing all the crapola stuff. I knew I needed help and I was miserable and I was getting to the point where I'm like starting to resent what I'm doing, right? You get to that point, you're like, this it just shouldn't be what I'm doing. But at that time, I was investing a lot of my business and I was definitely on a budget in order to hire an assistant. And what I was looking for in my mind was someone with such great credentials. They were, they had such specific qualifications. And I just kept telling myself that no one with those qualifications would take this job at the hourly rate that I was able to pay at that time. And so I just put it off and put it off and put it off. And I was like, oh, I really need this, but I know no one's ever going to accept it for this money, right? It's like, it just needs someone so qualified, it's just not going to happen. So I sat in my own misery for a long time. I sat there and was resentful and overwhelmed and stressed out until finally, I think I heard from someone else, was like, seriously, just get out there and do it. And I did. And I posted an ad on Craigslist and I could not believe their response. In fact, I was I was floored. I think I talked about this for six months um, with other colleagues and friends of how many qualified people, how many resumes were coming in. I was I could not believe it because again, I had told myself this story. I played the movie in my head, how it wasn't gonna happen, and that's the reality that I had created for myself. So What story or stories are you telling yourself that's holding you in your overwhelm and holding you back from what you're really capable of and what your potential is? All right, number four. Oh, sweet Lordy, 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 Lordy. I feel like so many of us, I'm putting us in this as well because I know I've done this a lot, but so many women can relate to this one. Number four, you overcomplicate. I don't know why so many of us women just can't get out of our own way and make things simple. Partly is that we just don't know anything else. Partly we're trying to meet some ridiculous standards from our moms or our the room mom at school or patty perfectionist that sits next to you at work or we're just plain old crazy. I don't know. But really, if you could step back and think, what would make me really happy? What would make me really happy in my life? Seriously, what lights me up? What gives me some of that Marie Kondo joy and puts a smile on my face? And I guarantee if you just got back to the basics, I think you would get back to simplicity. So what makes me happy? When I ask myself this question, like what really makes me happy? How about knowing my children are thriving or spending time with my family or feeling like I'm contributing at work, or connecting with my husband, and uh, of course, having wine with my girlfriends. The list is actually pretty damn simple. And if I had all that in my life, my life would be pretty damn awesome. So maybe it's something similar like that for you. So consuming yourself in eight different organizations and 300 different outfits and five sets of dinnerware and having to throw the party at home instead of at a venue or cooking for the entire family for the holidays instead of catering in or paying all the bills manually instead of getting online or having an overloaded garage instead of getting it organized and cleaned out or 
accepting back-to-back meetings at work all day, every day, or offering 12 different services instead of two, and not asking for help when you really, really need it, and all the other dozens of ways you simply overcomplicate your life. It will keep you in a perpetual overwhelm tornado, my friends, tornado. Like picture it, picture the blizzard, right? It's swirling around you, swirling around and around and around you while you're in the center, just watching it all flash by and feeling like the whole world is going to fall on your heads. Okay. If this is resonating with you, choose one area of your life that you commit to simplifying or even one area of that one area that you know it shouldn't be this hard. Listen to your intuition Because if you're saying this shouldn't be this hard, guess what? It shouldn't be this hard. If you know someone or see someone else, like a girlfriend or a colleague or a sister, and it feels like that area of their life is a lot simpler than yours, talk to them, brainstorm, have conversations, get a dang coach. Your life does not need to be so complicated. Number five, the final reason why you get and stay stuck in overwhelm, drumroll, you don't make a decision. Y'all, if you have 15 different planners or have been pondering over which planner to buy for the last six months, or if you want to switch jobs or companies but don't know the exact right next step to take so you stay stuck in a company and an environment that sucks the soul out of you, or if you've been thinking about renovating your kitchen for the last two years, but can't pull the trigger on even a designer and choose to stay in an outdated space that has a terrible flow, then you, my sweet, darling, intelligent friend, you cannot make and stick to a decision. And right there, by the way, the irony of it all is that you have made a decision. You have made a decision to not make a decision. And that keeps you stuck in stress and anxiety and mediocrity. And this happens in two ways, actually. So number one, you your stuckness, like staying there, like not moving forward in your very less than optimal, sometimes totally sucky environment or situation just keeps you there, right? You're not moving forward. You're staying stagnant or a lot of times moving backwards. So right there, you're like, this just, this is terrible. Um, It's keeping me stuck in this anxiety. Then number two, also by not making that decision, you're chipping away at your self-confidence, that you are an empowered individual. You are an empowered woman that can make decisions and move you forward. So not only are you staying in the sucky environment, but you're also chipping away at that like self-esteem that I can make decisions to get me out of this, right? And it just is spiraling effect. If you can resonate with this, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. We just kind of, it starts feeding on you, right? You're just like, and I'm bad at this, and I'm bad at this, and I can't do this, and I can't get out of this. And it's just like, it's just a spiraling downward, horrible effect. So here's the deal. If you're worried about making the decision, right? You can't make the decision. You have to release the idea that you're going to make the right decision. Will you always make the right decision, Hales? No. But simply taking an action will give you clarity. So don't worry about the right next step. Focus on the clarity you will have even if you take the wrong step. All right, let me give an example, maybe one you can relate to, like the really bad relationship. Y'all, we all have the really bad relationship. 
I was in a very bad one. My early 20s, let's just call him John right now. Okay, let's say John. So for the longest time, I so basically from the very start of this relationship, I knew it was not good. This emotionally abusive relationship I was in, don't ask me why I stayed or why I was in there, but I was. But for the longest time, for years, in fact, I was wavering about getting out of it. Like I was always like, I, this, you know, again, shouldn't be so hard. Shouldn't be so complicated. I know I just need to make a decision. I've got to get out of my own way. But I was doing all the things that hold you back in this crappy situation in this relationship that was terrible. So during that time in the second relationship, I'm not only in it, but the longer I stayed in it, the lower my self-esteem got because I couldn't empower myself to get out of it, right? Those two reasons I was just talking about earlier about like the two really big impacts this has on you. So finally, years later, when I get the strength and get out of this relationship and I'm back to dating and friends are now asking me like, hey, they want to set me up and they're like, hey, what, what do you want in a guy? Like, what are, you, what, what are you looking for? And I had complete clarity. And what I said was, I want exactly the opposite of John, <laughs> right? Exactly the opposite. And so even if I couldn't be super clear on what I did want necessarily, I wasn't saying, here's all the things I do want. I knew exactly what I didn't want. But if I'd never taken the action, the action to maybe be in the relationship, the action to get out of the relationship, right? Making decisions, I would never have that clarity. I would never know what I did want. I would never know what I didn't want. So it's not about focusing on, will I make the right decision, always, right? It's like getting as close as you can with the information you have at that time, making a decision, knowing that whatever decision I make is going to get me closer to clarity on what I do want and what I don't want. So there you have it. Five ways that you get stuck and you stay stuck in overwhelm. What resonated most with you? And now that it did, how will you commit to getting out of this self-sabotaging cycle? Chances are you are notorious for falling into the trap of at least one of these reasons, but don't do it any longer. If you're serious about playing at a higher level, being a better role model, and living more joyfully, then make a change today. Come on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash podcast. Meet me in the comments and let me know what you're going to do because I think we all do better with an accountability body, not to mention a cheerleader, and I will cheer you on. As always, you can find the show notes from today's episode there as well. And if you like what you heard, please don't forget to hit subscribe on your way out. Lastly, if you want more awesome tips of how to take control of your life, jump on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash hacks, H-A-C-K-S, for an awesome freebie called 21 Killer Hacks to Stop Feeling Overwhelmed. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me today. I am so excited and honored and grateful that you're on this journey for me. I can't wait to hear from you, to stay in touch, and I will catch you next time. Bye-bye.